Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. It gets to the Boxer and Gerson guest line with Belmonte Jones. The right time with Belmonte. Of course, you see them all over ESPN, formerly of ESPN, HBO. Of course, he's one of the best voices out there, especially when it comes to sports and the quarterbacks and everything. We love Bo on the morning roast here on 95.7 The Game. Belmonte, good morning again. Thank you so much for joining us once again. Joe Spadoni, Bonte Hill. And we're going to pick it up right there with that caller, Jay in Oakland. We've been kind of spitting this around, and we're stuck in our Bay Area bubble. Nationally, we know there's a lot of takes going on about Brock Purdy, Kyle Shanahan. Me personally, I believe there's more pressure on Shanahan this Sunday as opposed to Brock Purdy. Now, I get it. I could be wrong. It's the quarterback, the most important position in all of North American sports. But who does have the most pressure on them on Sunday for the 49ers? Is it Brock? Is it Bosa? Is D-line? Is it Kyle Shanahan? What's your thoughts on that, Bo? Well, I mean, I don't think that you can separate the pressure from Purdy from the pressure from Shanahan because I feel like I've talked about it on this show. I've definitely talked about it on other places in uh, the Bay Area. Mm-hmm. Look, man, you got a coach that, for whatever reason, works better with quarterbacks with mediocre talent. I don't know why. That's what he likes. That's what he's into. We all got that friend, right? <laughs> but he, like, he, he likes some ochre. For whatever reason, you give him an exceptionally talented quarterback, he might just break him. We've seen him do that twice. But you give him some ochre, and he'll figure out how to get that ochre perhaps to the Super Bowl. Now, I don't know if it's fair to say that Brock Purdy is mediocre. I can, I do think it's fair to say that he is marginally talented, and he maxes that talent out. The difference, though, between him and other people at that level of talent, typically when they max it out, is he does not max it out in the name of caution. He maxes it out by pushing it, right? Mm -hmm. This isn't like when people talk about Purdy being a game manager, I feel like you need to define what game manager means. Mm -hmm. Because if you're just looking for a dude that's going to check all the boxes, that's not how Brock Purdy sees himself, right? The thing that has to make Kyle Shanahan nervous at some points is the thing that on one hand is encouraging but also still somewhat mysterious about him is if you need Brock Purdy to go out there and win a game, he is 100% down to go try. Now, how capable he is of actually doing that that becomes its own discussion. But to me, that game being the first time that a Shanahan team had come back from being down was it more than five points yeah. to actually win the game, yeah. to me indicates that the pressure is more on Shanahan than it is on Brock Purdy because Brock Purdy in the end is a quarterback in his second year. Yep. We're asking for a lot to ask him to get to the Super Bowl. We're not talking about a Dak Prescott who was in his eighth year, seventh or eighth year, and we're like, yo, man, when are you going to get this done? Or a Josh Allen who's mm-hmm. at a similar place in his career. And we're like, yo, man, when are you going to get this done? With Brock Purdy, if he doesn't get it done, my question for Kyle Shanahan is, why do you keep winding up with these quarterbacks that ain't that good? So, and we're talking about Bonnie Jones here, and you can follow him at Bomani underscore Jones on X, Twitter, whatever the hell you want to call it. Uh, Bonte, obviously, he works with me because I'm the mediocre guy. makes him look (laughs) a lot better. Um, Bomani, this matchup, what do you make of it? 49ers-Lions, obviously Niners are going to be the favorites. They're touchdown favorites right now. Um, America is behind Detroit. And rightfully so. Like They've been dog, you know what, for my entire life, for both of our lives, probably. 
What is it about this matchup that really gravitates you? Is it the quarterbacks? Is it the head coaches? Because for me, it is the head coaches. I mean, Dan Campbell and Kyle Shanahan, they're they're so opposite to me, but they're also just so intense in different ways that it's going to be a fascinating matchup. Who's going to get tight? Because you know Dan Campbell, he might get tight at times, but more often than not, he's going to go for it when the chips are down or hell, when they're up. What do you make of this matchup between Detroit and San Francisco? First of all, I just want to say that you gave me the benefit of the doubt that maybe at some point the Lions may have been good in my life. Maybe. Literally entertain, which is literally entertaining the possibility that I'm eight years old. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I, don't know, I don't know why you needed to hold out. Hey, hey maybe. They won a game in the hey, 80s. Hey, Bo, Bo, come on, man. You, we're around the same age. Those Herman Moore jerseys, those Barry Sanders jerseys, the Barry Sanders shoes, who's all rocking them? They weren't very good, but they had their moments in the Pontiac Silverdome. Yeah, that's fine. That's fine. You know what I'm saying? Like, they weren't, they weren't dog bleep during that time period. They were just somewhat disappointing. Right. Um, but I am fascinated by that matchup also just because I do get this feeling, and you guys watch Shanahan more than I do and probably more intently when you do, so you let me know if I'm wrong here. But Kyle could be susceptible to doing some real big brain stuff, Right. Mm-hmm. Just overthinking this stuff just a little bit. Like, I think the way that he plays the end of halves, for example, right. is a little too big brain. Like, trying so hard, your your primary concern should be scoring. Your primary concern should not be stopping the other team from getting the ball, right? right? Like, to me, that is big brain in this in another way. We agree there, Bo. We, we agree there. Even go back to Super Bowl 54 where he let 40 seconds off the clock and there's a see the, the view of John Lynch in the suite yelling at Shanahan, call timeout, dude, call timeout. We can score here. No, we're, on, we're in lockstep when it comes to that. The end of the half stuff, it drives me insane with Shanahan. Yeah, like he goes big brain with it. Say what you want about Dan Campbell, but that ain't that dude don't operate according to big brain principles, right? Like that's not to say his brain is small, but he ain't gonna big brain this. Like I loved it when he was like, "Damn it, we gonna go for this fourth down right. over and over <laughs> and over again," right? Like it's organized, it's basic, but I'm with that, and so I do think that that becomes a very interesting juxtaposition. To me, the question is good. Well, two questions. One. If Debo can play for real, then the 49ers probably win this. If he can't, there's a very, very good chance that they lose it. The second part is, can Aaron Glenn figure out a way to dial up a pass rush? Because they don't have the personnel in Detroit just to get it with four. They're going to have to figure out how to get that pass rush. And they've been doing it by rushing a lot of little dudes. But the thing you can't really do against the 49ers is put a lot of little guys on the field because they're going to hit you in the mouth over and over again. Yeah, no doubt. Bomani Jones here on the Boxing Girls and Guest Line on the Morning Ross on 95. Seven the game breaking down the NFC title game. I want to go back to some about Brock Purdy because it's been all over. It's been all over all the telecasts here. Brock Purdy, look, he was top five in most pass categories, and out here in San Francisco, we haven't seen a quarterback this lethal throw. I mean, let's face it, Bo, he threw for the most yards in franchise history, which is crazy. We've had Joe Montana and Steve Young, and he had Cap on that run for a couple years, and of course. Dare I say Jimmy Garoppolo and what he was doing here. Now, that was the definition of mediocre. But you didn't leave off that Brock Purdy could be mediocre. Is it because of the draft status? Is it because he was picked last? And I know you watch a lot of college football and a lot of Iowa State. What? Why do you believe that Brock Purdy is maybe nothing more than just average as a quarterback? Well, I think that part of it ties to what we managed to see Jimmy Garoppolo do. 
right? And so you have seen this offense operate at similar levels with a guy that, A, we all generally agree is mediocre, but, B, when he was being mediocre, y'all were calling me on these shows and telling me he wasn't mediocre the same way that you tell me that Brock Purdy is not mediocre, right? It's a cycle with you people. You know this. You have to at least acknowledge this, right? You go through all the steps in the process. Now, people have made the argument that the reason that Purdy gets all the tail is because he's the last pick in the draft. And I think that that's a yes or no situation. There's a little collinearity involved. And it is that the reasons that he was the last pick in the draft are also the reasons why people are skeptical. When you have somebody who's taken high in the draft and they hold out hope, it's not simply because they were taken high in the draft. It's the reasons why they were taken high in the draft. Great example. Nobody was holding out hope for Jim Tebow just because he was a first-round pick, Right. right? We saw with our eyeballs what the issues were. And with Purdy, the issue is he's a bit physically limited, number one. And number two, you want to talk about somebody who will go small brain. That guy right there will do it. And y'all been watching him try his hardest to throw those balls to the other team. You've been watching that all year long. You watch it on Saturday, right? He'll give, he will give a game away, and if the 49ers mess around and get behind and you put it in a place where it's like, all right, Brock, you're going to need to bring us back, Brock is like, watch me work. But that don't mean it will work, right? Like, we've, we've seen enough here that we don't have to be so basic about it to imprison him to the fact that he was the last pick in the draft. You can give him credit for the numbers that he managed to pull off, but you also have to acknowledge that this is the same with Shanahan, with McVay, a lot of these, young, these younger coaches who basically want somebody to run their algorithm. To be fair, Bill Walsh felt the same way about quarterbacks. Yeah. Part of why he could move on, was always ready to move on from Joe Montana is he thought he could plug somebody else in to run his algorithm. That's the way Shanahan does this, and that's, part, that's one of his limitations. But if right. it's got to be more than running the algorithm, Brock Purdy is down to try, for better or worse. So is he always going to be a victim of just coming into the NFL and Kyle Shanahan being his head coach because he had no success in the NFL prior to him? Because I think we look at a guy, and obviously you're an Atlanta guy, Matt Ryan had success prior to Kyle Shanahan, obviously had his best season when he was the OC, won the MVP. But we we don't look at uh, uh, Matt Ryan and say, you know what, he was a product of Kyle Shanahan. We do that with Jimmy Garoppolo, and now we're doing that with Brock Purdy. Is he just a victim of his head coach? No, he is a victim in large part of being Brock Purdy. Like, you guys see what the weaknesses and limitations are that he has, right? That's the biggest thing. What has happened, though, is that he has accomplished in such a way that I think that we, I don't think it's wrong to do this, but you can largely ascribe this to a lot of what it is that Kyle Shanahan has managed to do. And by the way, he's not the only person who's riding a bit high on the basis of Kyle Shanahan. Do you think that Debo Samuel is as effective a receiver Mm. as he is in an offense that's a bit more based around what we'll call route running, right? right? Probably not. These are you know, these are like like Purdy's not the only person that falls a bit of victim to this. The difference right. is if you're getting by as a receiver largely on athleticism, we don't look at that the same way as you as a quarterback getting by by just, you know, getting it done and running whatever it is that's directly in front of him. What I think the Purdy is a victim of more than anything else, quite honestly, is he doesn't have that many reps. He hasn't yeah. played but two seasons in the NFL. We don't have the data points to really tell ourselves what this guy is. But look, if he keeps doing it like this, it'll go away. Case in point. Yep. We don't call Tom Brady a six-round pick. Like, yep. after a point, that stopped. Yep. And you prove yourself. But it's silly to think that this guy can prove this in a year and a half. 
No, it is polarizing when it comes to Brock Purdy because we are scarred from the Jimmy O'No throws. I coined it today called the Jimmy O'No throw where you're going to say O'No oh, six or seven times in a football game and you pray that a defense doesn't catch the interception. We saw that with Darnell Savage that you just mentioned last Saturday. We're like, oh, no, that's Jimmy Garoppolo all over again. But to your point, you are right that if he does hoist a Lombardi at the end of the season, they beat either the Chiefs or the Ravens or the Lions, then Brock Purdy if some of that stuff does go away here. The point about Debo is very interesting because we believe that with Draymond Green. If Draymond Green's on another team, we don't know if he's that Hall of Fame basketball player. So it's a very astute point there. But what about Jared Goff on the other side? Because everybody, everybody with Jared Goff threw him under the bus. He said, oh, Detroit, he's out of L.A., he is done. And yet Jared Goff quietly has reinvented himself in Detroit. What's your thoughts on Jared Goff here, Bo? Number one, don't forget to throw Clay Thompson on that same list with Draymond Green. No, I don't know about that one, Bo. Well, I don't know about that one, Bo, because shooting shooting travels. Shooting travels, defense also travels. The reality (laughs) is Steph Curry, and look, you know, we've had our back and forth, guys, about Steph Curry, okay? I I understand that that with you guys, but, you know, we've had differences (laughs) of opinion at that point. My take on him has evolved to a degree, but Steph is so good in the way that Michael Jordan made Scottie Pippen a Hall of Famer. Steph has done that for these other guys. Yeah, That's no all doubt. I'm going to say there. Yeah. Now, with with Jerry Goff, he is another guy where he was asked to run the Sean McVay algorithm, and he could do it very well. And then the Super Bowl came up where Bill Belichick and Brian Flores made all their chances in the last 10 seconds of the play clock, which is also known as win. And I said clock. At least I hope I said clock. But it's also known as the time when the coach can't get in the headset anymore and tell the quarterback what to do, and they couldn't score any points in the most boring Super Bowl ever. I was there, and it was terrible. Okay, um, at the, I actually at that enjoyed point, that game. Call me a sicko. Bo, Julian Edelman won the, the MVP, please. <laughs> call, call me a sucker. After all these 45-42 games and a lack so of defense, 13-3, so I there? was betting. No, I was, I was on my couch oh, betting God, the unders so every bad. quarter. <laughs> I've never, I've never wanted a commercial so bad in my life. Like, I was just there, and I just, oh, my God. But with golf, golf was running the McVay algorithm, and then McVay decided he wanted something more, and so they moved him out of there. The limitations that he had when he was with the Rams are probably the same limitations that he has. But what has changed is the complexion of the NFC, which is to say all the good quarterbacks play in the other conference. So there's going to be a Jared Goff, a Brock Purdy. Um, we could come to some other guys. Like Jordan Love looks really good, but we still don't know it necessarily with Jordan Love. The quarterbacks in the NFC are probably just not going to be as good as the ones that are on the other side. So I don't know how much is different about Jared Goff as much as the situations and time and place have changed in such a way where you can get to a Super Bowl with Jared Goff. Talking to Bomani Jones here on the Morning Rose, Spadoni and Bonte Hill. Um, so that being said... Uh, is the AFC Championship game for the Super Bowl for you? Winner of that game win the Super Bowl? Yes. Yes. Now, let me let me be careful about that because I do think that that's the case. But if it's Kansas City against San Francisco, I think San Francisco has a chance. What I think has happened this year and nobody's really talking about, and I don't have all the statistics off the top of my head for you, but if you go back and look at them, at some point, we're going to have to come and say to ourselves, the Ravens, at least regular season-wise, are literally one of the greatest teams of all time. Um, you go look at what they've done versus the schedule they have. Consider the fact that they have a potential Hall of Fame quarterback. Look at the guys that they added on offense. Just look at the straight production that that defense has given them. 
They're one of the best teams of all time. I think I saw something that said that they've won nine games this year by more than two touchdowns yeah. over teams with records over 500. Mm-hmm. Like, this is unreal. You go look at the DVOA and all of that stuff. They got one of the best teams there's ever been. If they go to the Super Bowl, wow. I think they're going to beat the day. I think they're going to beat the paint off the 49ers the same way oh. they beat the paint off the 49ers on Christmas Day. Oh. Why would you think that they wouldn't? Yeah. Now, I, I was at that game, and let me tell you. Brock Purdy's lucky he didn't throw seven interceptions, Bo. I'm telling you, man. That was we had Brian Baldinger on every single week. Baldy breaks it down. I'm sure you see his stuff on Twitter. And he was, you know, he's been a big Brock Purdy fan. But it was funny that week. He goes, "Let me see Brock do it against this defense, and then we can start talking about MVPs." And ever since then, old Baldy's been a little down on Brock Purdy and down on the 49ers because of that Ravens team. Now, I don't know about greatest of all time, but they do things that. They take away the middle of the field, which Shanahan loves to exploit, the middle of the field, and they got ballers everywhere. And it's like Kirk Morrison, he told us, you know, it's like the Catholic school guys, the private school guys against the public school guys. That's what that game felt like. It felt like the private school guys were just overwhelmed by the public school kids. That is what it looked like. like I mean, just I just don't, but I don't think, for whatever reason, and I'm not sure why, I just don't think people realize how good that team has been. Yeah, they've been blowing everybody out, including the Lions. They blew the Lions out earlier this year. I think they were up 35 nothing at the half. Go ahead, Spadone. Like, like, they just got to get this one. I just don't know. I mean, that Mahomes thing, man, he's yeah. still Jordan. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, yeah. that hadn't changed. Oh, he's unbelievable. And, and don't you, Dan, you were getting on this on your Twitter game. By the way, you're one of my favorite followers on Twitter, X, whatever the hell you want to call it. Um, <laughs> Josh Allen, this guy, we're talking about how polarizing Brock Purdy is. And I've been on this, and you're in lockstep with me. It feels like this guy gets an extreme pass for coming up short a lot in the playoffs. Don't you dare compare him again to Patrick Mahomes. Some of these people that like to say, oh, the Mahomeses, the Josh Allens. No, 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 no. It's the Mahomeses and everyone else. I think you're in lockstep, uh, lockstep with me, are you not? Yeah, the one thing I would say where we're a little different, and it's a subtle distinction, but I think it's an important one, is... I don't mind him getting a pass for them coming up short. What I mind is him getting credit when they come up short. Right. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah no, that right. makes no sense. Doubt. No doubt. You know, like, look, man, no, it is not his fault that they scored a touchdown last uh, two years ago with 13 seconds left to send that game to overtime. It is not Josh Allen's fault that that happened, and he gets credit for taking them down the field. We don't give any credit to the best quarterback I've ever seen getting down the field to get a field goal in 13 seconds. <laughs> like, how is the dude that figured out how to get it done in 13 seconds not the one that winds up getting the credit? That's where my issue comes up with Josh Allen. Because, look, Josh Allen had a good game on Sunday, and you could see all the talent. He did not – ain't nobody had no great game averaging under five yards in attempt, right? Yeah. I've seen people try to compare that to Mahomes in that Super Bowl against Tampa. No. If you if – anybody who watched that game with Mahomes in that Super Bowl, I ain't never seen nothing like this. Like, I acknowledge that is an outlier performance where the numbers just don't indicate the most unreal – I watched that dude go like the Matrix, parallel to the ground, sideline, <laughs> throw the ball through the hands of two people and should have had a touchdown except the dude dropped it because he didn't think there was no way in hell that a ball could ever get there to him. But with Allen, he is one of the top four quarterbacks in the NFL. His ceiling is as high as basically anyone not named Patrick Mahomes. All of that stuff. But we're not supposed to come off of these games where they lose, where the window for that team might have closed. And everywhere you look on TV, the number one thing they want to talk about is how good Josh Allen was. Mm -hmm. That's not 
how this works or the, hey, well, we know one day he's going to get it done. How the hell do you know one day he's going to get it done? And I know that this makes people mad, but this is the bottom line truth, and I don't think that this is ridiculous about this. Historically, we have seen a great deal of work done to protect the whiteness of the quarterback position. You can't deny that based on what we saw decade after decade after Mm -hmm. decade, the way the rhetoric around quarterbacks has always been for all this time, right? I think to a point it moved to autopilot and people don't even realize what they're doing. But the truth is, look around you, man. The game's done changed, and now they're treating Josh Allen like they treated Larry Bird. Mm. Was Larry Bird an excellent basketball player? Of course Larry Bird was an excellent basketball player. At a point, Larry Bird was the best player in the NBA. If you think the way that people talked about Larry Bird had nothing to do with the fact that he was the white dude surrounded by all those black dudes, you're crazy. So I looked at the AFC this year, that final four, those were the four best quarterbacks in the NFL this year. Jackson, Stroud, Mahomes, and Josh Allen. Those were the four best. Which one is not like the other? And I ain't talking about the rookie, all right? You look at the tenor and the discussion around Josh Allen. Again, I don't think that people realize that's what they're doing, but he looks like what they're used to. And so I think he winds up getting more credit than he should, which is crazy because he deserves so much credit. He is a one-man band, unlike very few quarterbacks I've ever seen. Like I compare him trait-wise to Dante Culpepper, Mm. but Cam Newton is just about the only dude that I can think about where it's just been like, look, we're going to jump on your back and we're going to go as far as we can. Right. Right? But the Panthers never ran an offense like the one Buffalo runs or they ran the last part of this year, but Joe Brady was definitely doing everything he could to stop Josh Allen from throwing a game away. And that's, that's a huge part of why they did not win that game. So much of it was them trying to make sure Josh Allen didn't blow it. Yep, and on the flip side, Lamar doesn't get all the credit for carrying the Baltimore Ravens offense for so many years and winning an MVP, yet it seems like finally he's getting his flowers, but he got he has to go up against Mahomes. That should be a fascinating game. The right time with Bobani Jones. Where can we catch it for all the people out there who watch more bow on YouTube, Bobani? Oh, man, catch us at the Right Time uh, channel on the on YouTube. We are there. You also can get us wherever you get your podcast. We got Mina Kimes on as a guest this week. We're going to do some shows from Vegas for the Super Bowl. So, hey, man, come 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 check us out. We got much better cameras than we used to. <laughs> there you go. Hey, Bomani, real quick, Belichick to Atlanta? I think that's a bad idea for all parties involved, but I think it's ultimately going to happen. I okay. think they would probably be better off going with Raheem Morris than going with Belichick. Hey, man, it's going to be fascinating to see that screenshot of Bill Belichick in Magic City eating those lemon pepper loons. Oh, I'm boy. here for that. I'm here for that. Let me tell you something. If he want to go, I'll take him. I just want to see what that's like. My opinion is he'd be the dude in there with the windbreaker all. He's wearing the cutoff sleeves. He's wearing the cutoff sleeves. Cutoff sleeves with the dirty bird in the middle. He's a lemon pepper loons, man. Oh, Bomani, man. Thanks so much for the time. <laughs> we can, if the Niners get down there to Vegas, we'll be down there in Vegas. We'll come stay, say hi to you and get you back on, man. Thanks so much for the time, Bo. No problem, man. You guys be good. Anytime. The right time with Bomani. Jones. has been in 20 minutes with us here on the morning. We're also on 95.7 The Game, and he said a lot.